Well, then, you know, I like to, I, I play old guy tennis. It's terrible. Well, old guy tennis is as much heckling your, your <laughs> opponent yes. about, about it's a what, mental a, game, what a right? crappy shot he is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and having fun that way. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rec Reflect. Today, we have Dr. Stuart Brown and Tom Norquist of PlayCore talking about the essence of play. We get into the science of how play affects us in this in-person interview. Oh, first in-person interview. And then we get to talk about how we can and should incorporate play as a state into our everyday lives. And of course, we have to play a game. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all enjoy the episode. Well, uh, just for everybody that's listening, we have Dr. Stuart Brown and Tom Norquist uh, from PlayCore. I just would y'all just say hi to everybody, and just uh, like, hey, Stuart, will you say hello? Hi there. Yes, uh, Tom, how are you doing, man? Hey, good to see everybody or hear everybody or whatever. This is this is our hey. interesting Zoom. I would say shout out to all of our our listeners out there. Hopefully, we're getting more and more. This is our first time getting to do. In-person podcast, kind of. You know, Jordan, Jordan, unfortunately, was not able to be here in person. But I am here with Dr. Brown and Tom. They're real people. I could reach out and touch them right now. We'll keep our hands to ourselves. But here we are. It's just super exciting to get to do this in person. This is a dream Jordan and I kind of had last year. Like, we want to do a podcast. And next year at Traps in Frisco, we're just going to interview anybody who walks by. We're going to say, hey, sit down and talk to us on the podcast. And so this is exciting that we at least get to do this here in person. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. I, I can tell you also, I am a little bit nervous because, so Dr. Brown, um, I was uh, doing my PhD. Uh, I loved your work and the power of play because when I was rec- uh, introduced uh, to recreation and leisure, um, I came from a big sport background. And so I wasn't familiar with play. And then at a and when I was doing recreation park and tourism science, I actually got to write a paper on you and the power of play. This is a meet you here. Hey, that's great. Well, yeah. I, I'm honored that you uh, you even spent the time doing that. Good for you. <laughs> they, they say never meet your heroes, but I'm here with them in person, Jordan. I can tell you he's a great guy. He's, he's fantastic. <laughs> you can meet this hero for sure. So Jordan, Jordan's kind of geeking out a little bit, but that, I think that's totally fine. I, I, have, I think I've watched that TED Talk. I mean, I, I don't know how many total views it has, but a couple hundred might be from me. So you're, you're one of the guys that add the, added to the numbers. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's start off. What got y'all, what, what makes y'all interested in recreation? What's at the core of recreation? It's our play nature. That's that and activating that in some way, getting the triggers to allow that to happen are part of what is your profession and the recreational profession's reason for existence. Um, so tell us a little bit, this is going to be kind of weird how this podcast is going to work, is we'll probably be releasing this here in a few weeks, but today we're here in person in Frisco at the Convention Center, and Dr. Brown, you guys are giving the keynote address to the Traps Institute. So tell us a little bit about what you're talking about today. Well, you know, part of the fun of today is, is to be able to talk about my favorite subject, and what the title is, is what nature needs you to know about play. And I think if recreation people don't understand their own play nature and the particulars of that nature, they're going to be less effective as leaders and designers. And, and so 
part of my goal in today's keynote, along with Tom, is to provide permission for them to be players lifelong and to show the practicality that Tom has been able to do through his ingenious inventions of taking play science into action. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little about the play science there, Tom. What, what's going on with the play science? How does that, how does that go into uh, Dr. Brown and his talk with everything? Well, I mean, the science play was introduced to me by Dr. Joe Frost here at University of Texas about a decade ago. Stuart and I met for the first time uh, in person. Longer than that. Yeah, a little longer than that. And, and uh, mm -hmm. Joe says, hey, I want you to meet my friend, you know, because I've been studying the child development side through UT mm -hmm. and we've done tons and tons of research in Austin with Joe. And Stuart, like, starts gets up there on stage and starts talking about all these things going on inside our brain, you know, and I'm like going whoa, this is heavy <laughs> stuff. I, I mean, I love this, right? So he starts telling me about all these different chemicals that are produced naturally through play right. and how it oppresses, stops bad things like stress. And I'm like, oh gosh, I like this guy. So, <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, man. tell me more, tell me more. So yeah. it, it's been this, this, this amazing conversation ever since. And, and understanding the actual science mm -hmm. behind Things like sliding, you know, and the gravitational forces and friction and, you know, all of that. And then how that impacts your body as you move it through time and space, but you're still touching earth something, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, other things like swinging and Stuart, you know, we, we, we were talking and studying that. And then he told me about this thing called attunement, which I'd never heard of before. And so... You know, Stuart can talk to you about that for a long, long time. Well, like we're going to talk about that today in the in the formal presentation. But attunement is is if is most basic between a mother and her infant, or a caretaker and her infant. Say the infant is capable of that glorious social smile. Oh yeah. And when the mother looks at that smiling infant, and they make eye contact their brains are in harmony with each other in a very special way that some researchers at UCLA have been able to catalog and quantify. Yeah. And that is the basis for creativity and trust and empathy, but it's also associated with joyfulness. Yeah. So you get the foundation of play itself right at that moment when there is eye contact. And it, it happens throughout life. If I were to see... I know I thought about uh, one of my medical school buddies that I know practiced uh, surgery in Dallas, and I thought, I wonder if good old Tom is still alive. If I saw Tom, he, we dissected a cadaver together in medical <laughs> school. If I saw Tom, now we would have an attunement nice. from just the friendship we had back then. So it's lifelong. Oh, and, that, and, and Tom Norquist, hearing... The science, which I was stuck with, with infants and, ner and EEGs and mm -hmm. nerve, uh, nerve conduction and that sort of thing, Tom took it to another level and made a swing and put it out into the public. And it, it is tremendously effective in bonding together parents and, and their kids, as well as helping the brain development for both of them. Yeah, that, so that comes out of play and play science. Absolutely, and that's yeah. that's a way cool thing. I'm, I can see where Tom got sold on Dr. Brown here because I'm I'm thinking literally just yesterday. So I have I'm I'm blessed. I have a three month old at home right oh, now. Oh boy! And <laughs> we were sitting down for dinner, 
and we had an attunement. I didn't know it until today. I now know what it was. It was an attunement moment. My wife is sitting there eating dinner and my, my three month old is just crying, crying, crying. And literally she would turn to him and just talk and smile at him. And you would just see the biggest smile. And I was like, that is so cool to watch him smile. Hey, it's, it's magic. It's magic. And it's that's, that's exactly. Magic. And then there's science behind the magic too, right? They kind of oh. go hand in hand. And so hearing that, and they say recreation and parks, well, not all the time, but play is one of the first things to go, right? You don't have money. You don't have availability to play. And those things are the first things to go. But they're so essential. They're so, they matter so much to us as people in development, as kids. And even now, right? They matter so much um, on all those things. Jordan, you want to jump in on anything? Yeah. So, okay. The magic of attunement and play. So all these things that we have researched to back and like that recreation and leisure are primary to humanity, that we need those things to feel complete and full. Why do you think play gets suppressed as we age? Do you think it's like <clears throat> happenstance or really tough, deliberate? Really tough question. But <clears throat> when uh, you have uh, Henry Ford putting an assembly line together, and the, the uh, pay per hour is dependent on how many uh, model, t- model T's you help get off the line. And if you go to school at that same time and that ethic is pervasive that says productivity is more important than joy and productivity is going to be related just to grinding it out, that becomes kind of culturally the norm and it's not biologically the norm because biologically you get more output if you have a a break in the assembly line and you you know you you mess with some of your friends and you you tell a joke or two and then you go back the assembly line you're going to get more done so you know essentially that plus the puritan ethic you know plus uh, we don't play if we're so stressed that we're starving or sick or at war. So there are things that keep us from playing, of course. So so what you're saying is that even if somebody didn't have the right philosophy or attitude about play, they still should use it because it makes everything better. Not only makes everything better, take a look at people who, who are really play deprived. They're grouchy, they're (laughs) ideologically rigid, uh, they're prone to violence and anger, they have more depression, more obesity, more sedentarism, they're not engaged in the world in the same way that people who are players are. Where, where have you seen a lot of that? I mean, we, we kind of mentioned Huntsville earlier. Is that something in the prisons well, you've seen well, a lot of that? Well, you know, I, I was uh, commissioned along with a bunch of other people to figure out why Charles Whitman killed everybody off the University of Texas Tower way back in 1966. Mm-hmm. And without going into great detail, when we finished that very exhaustive study of Whitman's life and death, including 35,000 brain sections, wow. the conclusion of the commission was that the reason he was primed for violence and and harbored a lot of it inside of him was because he'd had play suppressed by a very disturbed father from the time he was little. Mm -hmm. Well, then I went to Huntsville and and examined 26 young homicidal males over time and compared them with 350 matched controls. And the difference in the play histories of the murderers as compared to the controls was vast. The murders didn't play. And started early, didn't it? It's no, not something that happened. Abuse, torture, 
terrible life histories for most of them. Mm. <clears throat> no rough and tumble play in the playground. Just a, a life devoid of play. And right. So you begin to see that developmentally, it, it's very essential for belonging as a human being to your fellow human beings. Absolutely. And you see it in all species too, right? It's oh, not yeah. just humans very that much play. So. It's, you know, <clears throat> so many different species play and something we all a lot of different things share in common. So I think that's really interesting to hear kind of how we're moving forward. And you guys mentioned you met 10 years ago, right? And you, you said you met here in Texas, right? Here in yeah. Dallas, Texas. So how does it feel now to be back here in the Dallas area for another, you know, Texas Recreation and Park Society Institute? How does it feel to come back here 10 years after you've been together on this journey? Explain, explain that feeling, kind of what the future looks like for you as well. Well, it, play in the last 10 years has crested so that it is becoming more and more uh, acceptable, particularly. You don't hear lawyers saying, oh, I just did an all-nighter because it made me more effective in court. <laughs> they say, oh, I did an all-nighter. That, that's going to mean I won't do as well in court right, because right. I'm not playing. And so I think in what Tom has done with uh, playground design and getting play into uh, action, and my, I've been teaching at Stanford for close to 15 years in a call from play to innovation, of course. And I, I think we're getting an awareness of play science more and more into public consciousness. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> in my work at uh, Auburn University in the College of Architecture School of Industrial Design for the last 16 years, uh, one of our recent um, experiments at studios was on... Uh, outdoor office space okay and we're uh, super excited because uh, we're actually installing at research park in auburn uh, playful outdoor uh, environments for researchers who are intense i mean we've got you know one of the largest mri studies going on there you know in the med area and then we've got just intense researchers that you know they're really and they they get so and they, they need this release right and so we met with them our students did and we did empathy maps with them and we talked to them about their pains and we've created outdoor office space so they can get out and go into nature they can have and, and be somewhat playful we hope over the next decade to extend this into a trail system yeah so they can do walking meetings oh, with exercise cool. and with some play apparatus for cool. intergenerational play yeah so i think the, to Stuart's point i think society is really really starting to embrace play yeah. in a big way and we talked a little bit about the pandemic before this, right? And does the pandemic open us up to the things that are truly important in life and play being one of those truly important things, right? Do you guys think that maybe the pandemic has, I, I'd hate to say that the pandemic has helped with anything, but maybe it's shifted people's philosophies in a way. Have you guys noticed that at all in your research or anything like that? It's tough because there is more evidence of depression and sedentarism mm. and lack of outdoor activity across the board because of the pandemic. So that's but on the, that's harm, harmful. But right. on the other hand, on the other hand, the recent conversation mm -hmm. with um, president of NRPA, the National Recreation Park Association, is they've got in, in, in Texas. I'm sure you're experiencing this. Park usage is up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. park usage is up. Absolutely, and it is a time where society is starting to really appreciate the assets in their public parks right. and. No um, it is it is an amazing park usage is up trail usage is up and w one of my favorite things is when i hear stories from parents 
telling me about when they had taped off the playgrounds yeah. and how the kids were tearing through that stuff. And, and now that CDC with NRPA and um, others uh, helped get that reopened right. and open that back up with, you know, social distancing and good practices. Okay. But it's, it, there's a lot of hope out there that the society and all of our customer base will start to really, really feel good about park and recreation profession and about investing in that. And so that we're not always fighting with guns and hoses for the money. Okay. So, I mean, yes, that's important to have, you know, police. It's important to have fire. But park and recreation, if you talk to the police and if you talk to the fire, they're going to say, oh, please keep these open because it keeps everybody sane. Right, right. You know, the police are like going, people are going crazy. We had a release of some kind or they're going to release it in a bad way. That's right. right. That's right. That's exactly right. So there's this great hope right now that um, we will see a real push and emphasis towards improved uh, park and recreation budgets right. based on our sanity, mm-hmm. based on human beings' sanity. Yeah, and that's something that Jordan and I have talked a lot about is essential. Like, we are an essential industry, right, Jordan? We talked about that a few times. I, I think, yeah, parks and recreation is just as important as any other part of your municipal uh, the, the services. Um, so I'm hearing a lot of, like, built environment, uh, monies for, like, space for people to play. But I want to ask you questions about what would it look like for the people who are listening that they want to reorient their organizational culture towards play being acceptable? Is it something that you can say, Tom, go play? I'm specifically requesting it. <laughs> well, everybody thinks that uh, sleep is good if you get plenty of it and that nutrition is re- a requirement if you're going to be healthy and that a modest amount of exercise is necessary, but they don't tend to put play into the same ballpark, which it is. It's a fundamental part of human nature, and we suffer when we don't play, Mm -hmm. and we prosper when we do. So, you know, come on. And Stuart has taught me that over, and and I'm a practitioner. I mean, you probably don't know many people that have a five-acre play site in their home, in their residence, okay? Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, I've invested tremendous amount of time and personal efforts in creating a trail. That's great. Fitness and all kinds of products from all over the world, including antiques that I've collected on and bought online. And, and we, you know, it's, and oh, let me tell you, being a practitioner of play and then playing with my, I have five grandchildren, nice. neighborhood, the whole thing. We didn't miss a beat during COVID. Right. Okay. We were, it was like everybody like thought I knew something was coming yeah. and I had prepared, you know, it was, <laughs> it was like, it I was, was like a, a play <laughs> prepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember the, uh, you know, I, I look back on the, the two weeks after, you know, almost a year ago now, right. We had the, we had the shutdown and start with the NBA and then everybody from there. I remember we had two weeks where we went home and said, let's go home and try to flatten the curve. I don't know how we saw how that went, but I remember the two weeks home and I just thought, I have, I have, I mentioned the three month old, but I have a two year old as well, a three, mm-hmm. three year old now. And we just, we just played and we just played, played, played. And I just remember thinking like this two weeks, I'm going to look back on it, even though it was kind of during a sad time, it was a happy time to be there playing. And I mean, tell me the science behind playing is it at young ages. How important is it for us as professionals to give access for kids, you know, young ages, two to 12 or even more to play? What does that do for them in the future? 
It, it's, it's a necessity throughout life. It's different. You know, you have less play drive when you're a 35-year-old parent of four kids trying to pay the mortgage and keep the garbage out. Mm-hmm. But, and you don't play the same as if you're three. But you still need to play right. in any era of your life. And there are consequences when you don't. There, there are really deep consequences if you're very tiny and you don't have the trust and the empathy and the attunement experiences. Right. Then, you know, that's very damaging. But and, uh, you can always find the play nature, if, even if you've kind of lost the sense that you're a playful person. Right. It's still there so, in you. So Dr. Frost um, taught me, you know, I'm just so blessed to have spent so many years with him and learning through him on the child development side, mm-hmm. okay, which is like you know, textbooks are written by you know, him and child development. And they always talk about four different aspects in child development, the physical, which we all kind of get, okay, the physical movement, and right, right. gross motor, fine motor, et cetera. And then, and then there's the cognitive, okay, which is really related to the science, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. And then there's the social, which we've talked about the social skills. You know, they always learned in child development social skills that children learn together at a young age become something they take with them in their toolkit for the rest of right. their lives. Right. But then there's this one that was really, for me, a real aha moment with Joe, and it was like, the emotional side. Mm. And if you think about it, your two-year-old, when you let your two-year-old go out in a free play environment and space and leave them alone to their own, and all of a sudden they're in control of what they do. Yeah. And after 15 to 20 minutes, they get into this zone, right. and now they're becoming themselves. It's part of their early That's persona. Beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. And so what Dr. Brown and the science side of his, his taught us is, there's so many bad things that happen if you don't play. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't we be having... <laughs> play should be a really, really big part. Right. And when you look educationally about the value of play, and you, you know, her, uh, Kathy Hirsch-Pasak and, and Glinkoff wrote a book about play equals learning, which was uh, after they wrote the book about Einstein never used flashcards, and they were talking and recording research showing higher levels of competency in their academic endeavors because they played right. because they had recess moments and play moments and all are, that. are we missing more of that in schools right now you think do you, do you know are we getting better about playing in I, schools? I don't know across the board there are of course playful teachers who use their play nature mm-hmm. and their knowledge base to make learning contagious right through play but it's it's tough when they're they have to teach to the test and they have to meet certain criteria that are not always playful. It's tough for them to uh, keep play into their learning life. And yet, play and learning, as Tom mentioned, are coincident that yeah. they they go together. I think we're much better today than we were a decade or two ago mm-hmm. because of high stakes testing and all that pressure and taking away recess. There's been a reversal on that a little right. bit. And we've got a big Finally, trend. Right. Yeah, a big trend towards understanding recess is a very important part of everyday right. school life and, and that it actually gives those children the opportunity to refresh and regenerate and to do that rough and tumble play that they get out of their systems and they come back in and, and their minds are more adapt in that learning environment than if they were just sat down and made to sit and study the whole time. And yeah, I think there's been a loss with virtual classroom yeah, absolutely so there's no uh no getting around that for the moment yeah but i think with vaccinations we're headed in the right direction right there's, there's 
good things coming on the horizon too. Let me ask you guys this: kind of, again, this is a, a fun, informal way to get to know you guys more. What about your play? What do you guys like to do to play yourselves? What do you guys? What do you do to get that release out for yourselves? I'm gonna let Stuart talk because Stuart is one of the best players the, I know. The best, player. and then I'll follow him. No, he's oh, I, well, well, he's a professional know, player. Well, he lives yeah, in Monterey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I live in an area which has a mild climate, so it's easy to get out. Well, if I start my day without Cookie the dog coming in, I have a renter in the lower part of my house who kind of helps out, and they have two dogs, one of whom is Cookie. And Cookie comes in, makes eye contact with me in the morning, looks like this, wags her tail, (laughs) gets ready to lick. I open the door, and I'm telling you, the, I have a moment of attunement with that yeah. wonderful dog. <laughs> and being a bit of a neuroscientist, I know that there's some oxytocin sitting in my brain that otherwise wouldn't get released. Nice. That the licking and the contact with that dog starts my play day. Love it. And and it really makes for a difference. Well, then, you know, I like to, I, I play old guy tennis. It's terrible. Wow. I mean, compared I've played to against what, them. We, we had it used earlier on a podcast. We talked yeah. about old guy tennis a little bit and how how good older people are at tennis about moving you around and just getting to the right spot. So, anyways, keep well, going. old guy tennis is as much heckling your <laughs> your opponent yes. about about it's a what mental a, game, what a right? crappy shot he is, <laughs> <laughs> and and having fun that way. And you know, I live in a beautiful area, which mm-hmm. I'm really very very blessed. So I bike ride beautiful. and I hike. And the, uh, and the beach. And the beach. Yeah, the, the, oh Car- the Carmel Beach. Uh, about a month ago, I went onto the Carmel Beach. It's a mile and a half, two miles long, beautiful. Ends oh. up at Pebble Beach Golf Course, so it's beautiful. Wow. I looked up, and here are two ravens flying, one upside down and one right side up, hooked to each other. Wow. <laughs> like that. And then you go a little further, and even though it's 53-degree water, they're kids digging in the sand, yeah. and they're totally engaged in play. So it's a playground. Yeah. So, so I have, I'm really lucky. I have a access to playground, and I'm, you know, even though I'm as old as the hills, I'm oh, still out there. You know, that, that's what matters. And what I'm hearing is talking earlier about what Tom was saying with the outdoor offices. This podcast, next time we do this podcast, needs to be at Monterey Outdoor Office. Absolutely. Be on the beach, whatever it is you need. We're, we're going to move. Well, I, I got a treehouse also. Set. So, I'm yeah. sold. That's where we're going to head. And you can stay the night in the treehouse. You can hear the squirrels scratching on it at night going, whoa, what's that? You know? <laughs> Tom, how do you play? Oh, that's a great question. What um, was that? He wants to know how I play. Yeah. So, well, so um, that's a great, great, great question. And because of, of having a nearly now 20, 25 years of training on this importance of play. I try to, to play in everything I do every day. Nice. Okay. I really try to live that. And, and I do that in my work. I do that in my teaching. Um, but my, some of my favorite passions are kind of, they're going to think it's kind of weird. So one of them is, <laughs> no, no judgment here. I, I, I brewed beer for 40, oh, 40 plus years. My dad, my dad I have, I have a 30 you. gallon system. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Yeah. It's the best beer in the world. It's it. So I, I, and I have a dear friend back in Oregon. That, you know, we helped start Portland Brewing Company, now defunct. But we, we've been brewing since we were 
16. Oh, well, like, Grandma let us can, use her cooking sound, equipment. <laughs> you know, it's like, Grandma said, yeah, sure, but I want 10 to 15 percent. You know, so she'd have these parties with our beer. <laughs> but a um, little, uh, little bit of a nerd sort of play thing. Um, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I have a little bit of a favorite thing to do, which is go and ride. So I have a couple of Harleys. Nice. Um, I, I, I really like that feeling of... You know, I'm not crazy driver or anything, but it, it's almost like you're flying through the landscape and you're smelling everything. Uh, you've seen it's a visual immersion and everything. And then, of course, um, I love, absolutely love, love, love to play on my zip line and to swing and to bounce on the in-ground trampoline and to play on all kinds of prototypes that I've been blessed through Playcore to be able to, to build and to kind of keep in my little museum backyard nature you know, and then you know, I like to play golf too. Nice. Uh, golf is a, a nice game that you can play throughout one's life. Uh, my father um, taught me to play golf when I was five years old, and uh, he he ran junior golf for the state of Oregon, and the tournament's named after him. He dedicated, and so golf is one of those things I enjoy. Not not competitive golf, <laughs> just fun golf. Okay, and I like taking guys out there and having a good time. Okay, nice. and making them feel good. You know, I'll help them out. You know, if they hit a bad shot or something, I'll say, you know, let me help you out with that a little bit. You know, <laughs> I'll help them out. Make people have a good experience. Love it. I, I Jordan, I have something real quick. We're talking about play. I, I brought us a, a quick game for us to play on the podcast. We're doing a live game here. It's like a little trivia game more than anything. I want to ask the experts on play how much you guys know about different games across the world and the country. You guys want to give it a shot? Ooh, you're gonna get us on yeah, this. You're gonna get us, yeah. yeah I'm go gonna lose. We're not. Okay. You're gonna win. I can tell you. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just all kind of research I did. I was interested to see what are those popular games out there being played. Are you guys board game fans at all? When I was a kid, yeah. When you're, okay, yeah, so sure. this is my first one here. What is what? I looked up a website. It was kind of talking about the most searched games of 2020. What do you think was the highest searched and used game in USA in the America? Monopoly. Monopoly, good guess. Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Okay, so just just board game for this one. Oh, board game. I'm sorry. <laughs> Parcheesy. Parcheesy. Uh, Scrabble. Scrabble. You got it. Very yeah. nicely done. Okay. Monopoly was two. Okay, very good. Okay. Uh, highest selling game of all time. This one's a bit of a question, a bit of a tricky one. Not, don't think just board game. Think those overall board like games. You'll kind of kick yourself if you don't, if you when I tell you if you don't get it. Highest selling game of all time for for kind of. Interpersonal games. I'm going Chinese checkers. Good guess. Good guess. I was, you know, board. Chess. It's a board game or. Okay, you're on. Is it game? chess? Chess. It's yeah, chess. chess. I'll yeah, go board. with him. Okay, chess, this yeah. was my personal favorite one. Most searched board game in the world for 2020. Hmm. Hmm. Think about what 2020 really brought us. Operation. Really good. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Sorry, I like it. I had to go there. No, you're it on the right track. You're, you're on the yeah. right track. He's, he's more contemporary than I am. Uh, you heard the game Pandemic before? No, I haven't. There was a popular that. game. Born oh, Pandemic? Yeah, it was called oh, Pandemic. And I've it, heard it of it. Sold, I don't know what it is. It's sold off the shelves apparently in 2020. You're, you're, you're fighting to... Basically, you become Dr. Anthony Fauci, and you're trying to fight to save the world <laughs> from this giant pandemic. Okay, very good. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move to video games. Highest selling video game of all time. Take a guess on that one. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking Minecraft. Minecraft. Thomas. Yeah, yeah Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom, okay, let's talk sports. We talked sports a little bit earlier. Second most popular. Okay, so widely known, the most popular uh, sport in the world is is soccer, football, right? You know, 
second most popular. Anybody have a guess on second most popular? Jordan, you have a guess at all? Second for the, the international cricket, cricket. Hey. Yep, international. Oh, I was gonna say baseball. Oh, yeah, man, I was gonna come on with that cricket too. Cricket, yeah, very good. What about in the USA? What do you think is the most popular sport played in the USA for for young people, especially basketball? Basketball, very good well job. done. Good job. Fastest growing sport in the USA. Fastest growing lacrosse. Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Soccer. Soccer. Good guesses. This one is an interesting one. It's pickleball. Oh, okay. oh so, pickleball. pickleball. We were talking yes. about that this oh, morning. I've, I've had an invite to, to join a pickleball <laughs> group, but I just can't give up tennis. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the not same ready. Way. I've, I've done some pickleball, but I love tennis. And it just feels mm. a little bit different. But I will say, I feel like every year, if you're listening to the Traps listeners, we'll relate to this. Every year, people talk about pickleball. Oh, my gosh. These guys they, who play they pickleball, they want it so much. They, they, they want it. it. They want it more and more and more. Mm. Fastest growing sport there. So that's my little game I have that for was you guys. Great. That hey, was great. Yeah. Enjoy a bit. Good job. Play a little yeah, bit on the yeah. podcast. And I noticed that earlier, Tommy said, everything you do, you try to do, play with it. And I could feel that energy right now that you guys are playing you know, with the podcast. It's great. It's just fun. You know, we kind of come into You mean this is not a serious podcast? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, my this, God. Oh, okay, Hart, we've lost all validity, right? We've lost all of our credibility to do this podcast. But no, I think it's great to hear from two gentlemen who've been so involved in your work. It's so important that play still matters to you right you talk you 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 walk the walk you talk talk right hey it matters to everybody it matters to everybody There's nobody it doesn't matter it's one of the greatest secrets of life yeah is yeah. is for us to be playful and when when we're playful as a species together we yeah. get along right i mean you start talking about equity mm-hmm. when we play together no matter what our ability but our culture our language our skin color when we play together we're having this natural thing happen and we're having fun and we're being, and it's, I think of it as something that's as close to love as I can, as I can explain. Beautiful. It's just the way I feel. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And you know, if you have to get academic, you can say we had a hundred million years as hunter gatherer. Right. And they got along with each other through play and they fit, they figured it out. So they made fun of the uh, young adolescent who was going to be the, think he was going to be the chief of the tribe and yeah. they made such fun of him he started sharing everything he ever did yeah and became a player absolutely that's our heritage boom i was i was reading i read a really cool book about the lewis and clark expedition the undaunted courage and if you guys that's heard a that great one. book and i and I, one of my favorite parts was listening to them talk about the the baseball game that kind of happened near the the mountains in you know y'all's area right yeah, yeah, from yeah. oregon right yeah, so yeah. Um, I forget the the maybe the Chinook Indians or whoever it was that played like a game of baseball almost, and it's mm-hmm. like, how cool is that? You know, you're, yeah, you it just is. play. It, it transcends everything, doesn't it? it from does. from the beginning yeah. to the end, it's just it's something we all do, and that we all have to do. Jordan, anything else you want to add on some stuff? Well, we are we are running up on our time limit, but before we go, I have two things. We have one question: is if you had walkout music, like you know how baseball players have walkout music. If you had a walk-up song, what would it be? Beethoven's Ninth. Beethoven's Ninth. Joy, thou spark from heaven, immortal daughter of Elysium. Drunk with fire toward heaven advancing, goddess to thy throne we come. Oh, if there is any being who may call one heart his own, let him join us or else weeping, steal away to weep alone. Joy then, brothers, on your way. 
That's it. Yes, wonderful. That was wow. excellent. Oh, I like that. that. That's probably the best. Uh, not to shout out to anybody, not to, to hate on anybody who's come on the park. That's probably the best we've heard of anybody's their own walk up song. And I am not following that. Are you, are you coming out to that today during the studio? Are you going to be playing that? Should we, should we be blaring yeah. that? Well, I, I got a serious talk to do this. Oh, yeah. This was serious. Fun, serious. You know, we got a serious, very, very serious, serious bunch serious. of people. You, you so got to get serious. all your sillies out here on the podcast, is what I'll say, right? So we got all our. So Tommy, what, you have one at all? You, you like those? Dr. Brown take that one. Uh, you know, I'm going to go more contemporary with y'all, and uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with with a a Queen song. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and, and and I think it's going to be just the We're the Champions. Okay. 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 And I just love that song so much because I feel like it just unites everyone. And if you've ever been to a Queen concert, which I was very lucky that a friend Ooh. of mine in high school talked me to go to. Nice. And I, you, when you feel the energy that comes from that it's like everyone was united together as yes. one it was beautiful now i will tell you if you have heard on previous episode mine is don't stop me now okay oh, so yeah I'll, yeah I'll, okay, okay. okay what's okay. yours don't, don't stop, stop me, me now. now okay so I, yeah i just love it i'm having such a sorry, good sorry. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 i'm a little off here we are 1600s right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> beautiful beautiful go ahead joy keep going Last question, and then I know that we're we're we are running up twenty minutes before you do your big presentation. So, if you had to condense everything that we've talked about today, and you are saying it in one breath, what do you want everybody that's listening to take away from everything that we've talked about today? Play is an absolute necessity for you to become fully human. Doesn't get much better than that, I don't think. That, Absolute necessity. Cool. That's how you do it. Did did I think we just found the episode title too? Of course. Oh yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being with us for uh, for for talking with us and hanging out. And more importantly, thanks for playing with us. Yeah. Right on, George. Hey, awesome. right thanks on. for having us.